It's Cofield and Company. Nudists, some of them, love mac and cheese. Wait, what? What is even going on anymore? It's just so infuriating every time we do these. Let me go get a glass of milk, throw my chocolate chip cookies, and good old supermarket sweep. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Three o'clock hour, Battle Warren Broadcast Center. We're going to talk to Justin Watkins in about 15 minutes. Check that, about 25 minutes. Our ESPN Las Vegas legal insider, 5709000 is the number here at Battle Warren Injury Lawyers. Adam Hill, Cofield, Ari back in our Finley Toyota Studios. It's time for the three, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Football update. Man, this football team naming thing is dragging on forever. And I think there's a lot of people out there who believe maybe they're just going to stick with football team because, you know, I was just whining about the NBA or basically explaining what I've seen in sports talk over the years. When the NBA has a dominant team, people are pissed. When there's balance, people are pissed. I feel like the naming thing almost... It's almost a certainty someone will be offended with what they come up with. So one of the things they've eliminated, uh, they came out today and they're like, you know what, any sort of uh, imagery connections with Native Americans, we're out. So Warriors, that that's going to be gone. And I thought it was one of the best choices, out. But And you can't blame them. No. Because no matter, I mean, a lot of the names they will pick, someone will get pissed off and, and, and they'll have some negative connotation that they'll connect to it. Yeah, and I think if you're going to change it, you might as well change it. Yeah. Like you, you don't want to go, as you're saying, you don't want to go through it again. You don't want to have people outraged again and say, well, that's not any different. That's still offensive, whatever it's going to be. So I, I feel like if you're going to change it, change it. I, I'm hoping it's football team. It's the funniest name that's ever happened in sports. You know, the more I think about it, it is a great reference that they're the football team. Yes. And we laugh at it all the time. Of course. I, I love it. I, th- I think I mean, and then it kind of goes in line with what a lot of soccer clubs do. Sure. FC. Right. You know, just football club. But you also have a name usually. It'll be like, you know, Dallas FC. Like Dallas. Okay, so football Washington club. FC. Yeah, uh, Washington Football yeah, Club. I, I, it would be it would be great. I, I, I would I would enjoy it. I th- I think it would be wonderful. Um I don't I, think, I, I think anything to... anything that references uh a political position. People will be pissed off. Sure. Because so many people are, you know, anti-government at this point. I'm not even sure you can make historical references and connect to it without having someone annoyed. Well, I mean, you could be the monuments. <laughs> like, that, that would be fine. That's a terrible name. Though. It's awesome. No, it's terrible. It's almost as good as football teams. It's terrible. Not quite, but the monuments are pretty cool. Update on uh, Richard Sherman. You see some of the uh, details now? I just saw there's a 911 call, which I'd love to hear, but oh, I have really? heard it, yeah. Uh, local police giving an update. If you missed it, Richard Sherman arrested this morning, uh, then was being investigated for a possible hit and run as a car registered his name, had uh, nearly wiped out a construction crew, and uh, hit a guardrail so badly that the car couldn't move anymore. Then he allegedly showed up 
It's not a legend. Uh, he showed up at, it turns out, in-laws, current in-laws. And so a lot of people, their were, house. A lot of people were trying to put this together earlier that it's a, a family member, but he doesn't live there. Right. And so a lot of people th- said maybe there was a separation. That, that was kind of the assumption I made of like, well, right. he's not in the house anymore, whatever it is. Um, it, it was even reported by some that it was the home of his ex-wife. Uh, his wife has gone on Twitter just in the last 10 minutes and said, stop reporting ex-wife. We're married. Right. Uh, so she has she has said that. Uh, and as you said, yes, it was the in-laws. Like, again, seems like he got in an accident and tried to go on foot to whatever the closest place that he, he knew and recognized was. And that's what it happened to be. Okay. Uh, Redmond Police Chief Darrell Lowe said uh, during a Wednesday news conference, Sherman allegedly attempted to enter the home of his in-laws, which is why police are considering the domestic violence charge. Uh, he suffered minor injuries when resisting arrest after a police dog was deployed. Sherman may also face uh, charges stemming from the damage to the door of the residence he allegedly tried to enter. A police officer also suffered minor injuries um, on the accident. And by the way, Sherman sustained a minor laceration to his lower leg, ankle area, as a result of the uh, police dog. I don't want to get in trouble with the police dog, so allegedly the police dog. Uh, Washington State Patrol Captain Ron Meade said troopers pursued Richard Sherman after finding pretty significant side impact collision of the vehicle after it hit a barrier. Vehicle was found about a half mile away, not being uh, able to uh, be driven any further. Pursued him on a uh, suspicion of DUI and uh, Washington State Police spokesperson said we're very fortunate there were no injuries to the workers when Sherman contacted a uh, closed construction zone. So the report I saw was that there was the call to the house and there was officers trying to subdue Sherman at the house. Another set of officers found the car at the car okay. at the construction zone. They then checked the license. They tracked it, tracked Sherman and then tracked it to the uh, in-laws house. And then they assisted uh, in arresting him once they got there uh, as they, as they tracked down where uh, the person could have pursued to. Um, so a lot of this, a lot of that there, um, Ari, if you do see the call somewhere, if I see it, I'll try to send it to you, but I'm seeing a lot of people say the same thing. Um, and this is somebody I follow who is actually a, a film breakdown guy who said, uh, the, the dispatch lady on the Richard Sherman call certainly didn't seem to be helping the situation. I've never actually called the police, uh, but they usually sound much more patient when I've seen them on TV shows and in movies. Um, he said, with that being said, I'm going to keep him in my prayers because that did not sound good. So I don't I don't know what it is, but then another person said that was the rudest lady I've ever heard in my life. So I, I can't wait to hear exactly how yeah. this call went. Uh, but there are a lot of people commenting on that, and I don't think you know I don't think we have a full understanding Not as people all. of what those calls are like and oh, the stress okay. that people are under. Oh, yeah on both sides of those of course, calls. Of it's not like the movie. It's um, not like where people are freaking out and you're like, hey, ma'am, I'm just going to hear with you to help. Like, it's, it's stressful on both sides. I would also say reserve judgment in cases like this because you have no idea what was happening at the house. Um, I hope you're okay with me saying this. I think you've been involved in more <laughs> calls to your house with police coming over. And so you have a, a better understanding of how crazy these situations can be and how it might look from the outside yeah. with initial reports. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes, <laughs> that's fair to say. I don't know if you wanted to elaborate and it's, you wanted to tell any stories. I mean, we've kind of alluded to them and referenced yes. them on the air. Yes. Sure. I, I, there's been many, many problems. I take in a lot of people. Yes. Uh, and I, th- but, but if there's people a downside heard, with that, too. But if people heard the details and they, and they read initial reports of, you know, this police visitation to the Hill Hostel, they'd be like, oh, my God. 
That sounds completely crazy. Well, it already sounds. There's already judgment as you say that of like there's been a lot of calls at your house. Like what is going on there? Yeah, I take a lot of people have a lot of problems, and then things happen where you're like, okay, so well, the hell you're, you're, inv- you're inviting that into your house, which it, it probably does say a lot about me. But you're trying to help people. Have you had a time where you? Because you're rarely the aggressor. I think almost rarely, never the, never the <laughs> never. aggressor. You're never the aggressor. But have you had times where they were like, all right, we gotta, we're gonna take an atom. Uh, I, you're like, what's going on? I mean, I'm not I, saying that's what happened to Sherman. I no, 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 no idea if he was the aggressor. No, we're defending not, himself. We're not making that. I'm just telling you, reserve judgment until you get all the details. No, for I, I mean, as you're saying, yes, there was one time there was an out of control person who was under the influence of a lot of different things, and the police were called on them for being very aggressive. And I, while the police were on the way, I was attacked, and I fought back and choked the person out unconscious because yeah. I'm. I'm got, I got the jits like that, and uh, sure. and when they got there, You're an idiot. you don't have the you don't have the jits like that. What do you mean? Going. I I choked the person unconscious. That was attacking me. I clearly have good jit skills. Uh, and when the police got there, not blaming them, they got there. They yeah. see somebody unconscious. Then they tried to yeah they tried to arrest me and uh, take me down. And I was like, uh, not me, not me. But uh, I, you can't blame them. They get there they for somebody know. that's out of control, yeah. and then they see somebody unconscious. They're probably going to arrest the other person. I get it. Hell of a story. They don't know that I got skills like that. Hell of a story. I, I wonder if uh, four years from now we're going to go, hell of a story, when talking about Bobby Manfred and the A's, and if they're actually playing a game with us right now, we'll get the latest on what's happening with the A's back in Oakland and uh, this dance they're doing with las vegas do we believe it's real manfred says it's real nova home loans brings you the three it's a refi raid at nova home loans with interest rates at all-time lows now's the time to talk to your local nova loan officer 877-700-NOVA at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. It's Cofield and Company. Frankly, I'm I'm exhausted. I wasn't excited about revisiting uh, protocols for this fall, and yet I think if you're honest with oneself, you have to look at this and, and say, yeah, we wish we were done with it. Probably not quite done with it. We are certainly, uh, as we go forward, uh, encouraging student-athletes to get vaccinated. That was the commissioner of the Big 12, Bob Bowlesby, talking about uh, COVID concerns that it's not over yet, talking about the Delta variant and the issue of unvaccinated players around the Big 12. We'll ask Justin Watkins in a little bit, our legal insider, if those schools could actually force players to get vaccinated. You know the answer. And then what does that mean when they're not vaccinated? So that's coming up. But a lot of honesty there from the uh, Big 12 commissioner, which I'm not sure will be appreciated across many of the Big 12 states. Adam Hill, Cofield, Battleborn Broadcast Center here on a Wednesday, July 20th. I think is sort of a deadline day. You never know in these situations <laughs> for the A's. That's when the Oakland City Council is going to look at this term sheet for their plan to build a new stadium as part of a mega complex at something called the Howard Terminal Waterfront in Oakland and Manfred, Rob Manfred, Bobby, the commissioner of baseball with a little preemptive shot 
basically saying, this is it. This is it. We need some clarity or, you know, investigating other options for the A's is a real thing. He said Las Vegas is a viable alternative for a major league club. And there are other viable alternatives that I haven't turned the A's loose uh, to even explore at this point. Do you believe him? Yeah, well, yes. I mean, first of all, do you believe that we're we're more than just a negotiating ploy, negotiating pawn? Not at this point. I mean, at this point, we are a negotiating ploy, but we can also be a legitimate, you know, option. Both things can be true. Manfred said, "Calling the Las Vegas alternative a bluff, quote, is a mistake." And I, I think I think both sides can be true on this. Like for right now, yes, it's a. It's a bluff, and it's a, hey, if you don't do this, we have an option. Like, if you don't do this, this is on the table. In saying to the people of Oakland, this is your last chance. It's yes or no on this, and you're basically, you're not voting yes or no on a stadium. You're voting yes or no on baseball in Oakland. And I think the MLB is being very clear about that to, uh, to the people of Oakland, of saying like there is an option out there, but for right now it is a bluff because they are still going to try to make this happen. If it wasn't a bluff, they'd say, oh, "Oakland, your, your time's over. You don't get to vote on this. We're out. We're gone." But for right now, it has to be a bluff because they're still trying to make it happen in Oakland. But that that doesn't mean that it's not a very viable alternative once that date passes and nothing happens in Oakland. Should it tell us that the plan in Oakland is more attractive than anything that we could come up with here? Well, I think not moving. Is more like not having another team move is more attractive. Yes, and not leaving a market as big as San Fran, Oakland. Right. No, they wouldn't be leaving the market. They still have a team there, but they would be pulling one of those teams out of that TV market, which isn't very good. Not at all. Um. So yeah, and then by the way, if you don't leave Oakland, like if you stay in Oakland, Las Vegas is then on the table to negotiate in all these other markets that you might want new stadiums or yep. better deals or anything else. And so, not only not only would I if I were Manfred, I'd want to stay in Oakland because ju- just look at just look at Oakland and East Bay access and all the access that you know people have to the A's. That alone is more attractive than baseball coming here and being the third option for sure. It would always be the third option, unless the Golden Knights suck. Well, you're Oakland's team. Yeah, you're all they have left now. Yeah. Now, they would come here. I mean, this is think about Las Vegas sports talk host talking about your team three here when it comes to major league teams. And about to be four. If what the NBA We're comes? Getting the NBA. Like okay. the NBA is coming. I know people like to talk about if or right. it's when, not if. The NBA is coming. How arrogant are we? You can come here. You can be the third right. or fourth team. Fourth. Well, I and I do still believe at yeah. some point. The Knights are going to pay the price for all this success. They're going to have some down years. And then if baseball was a playoff team at that point, then, yeah, baseball will pass the Golden Knights. But for the most part, for the foreseeable future, you're definitely the third option and very soon to be the fourth option in this market. So, yeah. Could be the second option if they actually operate like a major market team. If 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 you're the Dodgers. No, I'm saying if the A's came here and they were like, hey, we got all this money and, you know, they start operating – with a real budget. So, Finn, if you're the doctor, and, and you just the, buy and, all these players. 
and they win. They're never going to be the Dodgers here. You know what? You can you could be the Dodgers. I guess. Well, I, Do- Dodgers are a terrible comparison. They're they're so far above and beyond everyone. The, combina- the combination of having you know oodles of money and owners that actually let their baseball people do the job and not interfere. And you know the Red Sox were down a little bit because John Henry wanted to freaking rebuild for some reason. And the right. Yankees are down because Brian Cashman hasn't done a, go- a great job recently, and he's always got. These cheap-ass Steinbrenners looking over his freaking shoulder, not acting like George. So whatever. So Oakland's the better option. And like, while I would love to have a baseball team here, and I doubt there are many markets that would have a chance to get the A's who would be like, stay there. <laughs> for the, You know what I mean? That's, But you got to be honest about it. And we also still don't know exactly what kind of deal they'd be seeking to come here. Now, there, there's been random like suggestions here and there of what it is the a's plan at the howard terminal their portion of the plan is privately funding one billion dollars this is a multi-billion dollar project is someone stepping up here to help out so much that the a's are like well we don't have to put forward a billion that's even more attractive than oakland yeah or are the a's sitting there being like i mean if the raiders got what they got how much are we gonna get which you, you can't blame them right <laughs> The, the I don't Raiders know, I, just you, got the the best deal in the man. history of stadiums, and Vegas got the worst deal in the history of stadiums. What are they going to do for us now? Nothing. Do you think? I wonder if any of the conversations have been real to the point where they're like, eh, you're not getting that kind of deal. Or if there's hope, you know, like, if there's a reality check there. And maybe it's possible. You would hope so. A lot of money here, a lot of interest you, in Vegas and you, privately funded projects. You would hope somebody said something to them. But man, the Raiders, pro- yeah, the Raiders project sets a standard that's tough to meet here it and does. anywhere else in the country. It does, but I mean, you also you, you understand why, especially the A's literally shared a stadium with the Raiders in Oakland, and they're like, "Oh, our our roommates got this. Huh. All right, we want that. We can get that." It'd be, I mean, if <laughs> I know this is not a similar thing. But if you if you have a roommate and you're living like in you know Wichita Kansas, and your roommate le- like hey I gotta go I just went to L A Th- they handed me a million dollars when I got off the bus in L A <laughs> and gave me this amazing apartment you'd be like I'm coming I want to get that too it doesn't work that way. Coming up next, ESPN Las Vegas legal analyst Justin Watkins joins Cofield and Company in studio to break down the biggest legal stories in the world of sports. <laughs> It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts only on Cofield and Company. Justin Watkins is in. Adam Hill, Cofield, Battleborn Broadcast Center. You heard it. A lot to get to. I want to continue talking about the A's and the Raiders and the deal the Raiders got. and also really interesting opportunity for the Raiders and the Golden Knights, I believe, to pay back the community for all we've done for them. Uh, that's coming up in five minutes. It has to do with name, image, and likeness. So we were just talking about stadiums and deals with the A's and you know what they could expect here and the standard that was set by the Raiders and, and uh, the great deal that they got. So we had the first real test where we had a mega event this last weekend, first real test of parking and crowd control and what the strip would be like. You had... Connor fight and mega concert with Garth Brooks. You went to see Garth Brooks. I did. I, I wish got, I went to I, the Connor fight. I <laughs> got a couple of wisp. I got a couple of messages because I was out of town about parking and getting down there. So, what was your experience? 
I mean, overall, uh, from the concert standpoint, Garth Brooks is a showman. He's good. It's awesome. Yeah, that's 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 easy. But as far as my experience with the stadium and ingress egress, I'd have to say if I'm grading it on our traditional scale, I would say C minus D plus somewhere in there. Um, and that's I think that's being generous. I'm giving them some credit for the fact that. It was 115, so it was the worst possible scenario. So everything probably seemed a little bit worse than it actually was because of how hot it was. But I'll say this. So parking, mess, disaster. Just absolute disaster. Why? Why? So, well, you don't know where you're going to be able to park, right? So if you check the websites, if you check online, then the parking is astronomical. It's $100 if you're within a half mile, and that's a very generous half mile for for them not for the walker because it's not a it's not as the crow flies it's not a direct route you're you got to go around buildings you know all over there not those streets don't all go through over there on like polaris and and russell area what about my diablo lot that i told everyone about that's like seven tenths of a mile seven tenths of a mile of 115 degrees is no joke so so number one like booking online what that's what we did we paid 80 bucks and it said we were 0.4 miles away, and there's no way we're – I mean, I run a lot. I know what 0.4 miles feels like. That was not 0.4 where was miles. Where, where was the 80-buck lot? Uh, Valley View and in between Russell and Trop. Not yet to Trop, past Russell, though. Really? Okay. Okay. But in driving down there, you basically see all of these – homemade signs of all these little little strip malls Wait, saying, I thought that was I thought that wasn't going to oh, be allowed. Oh, they were everywhere. 50 Told bucks, it. 40 bucks, yeah. 30 bucks. Yeah. They're they're all over the place. Yeah. Now, what's the what's your safety like in that in parking that lot? I have no idea, man. I at least if you bought it online, Also, do those people even own the lots? Yeah, maybe. Are people just standing there with a sign like, "Hey, park here for $50" and you get towed, you don't know who owns it. There's a I'll say this too. There's a million parking spots around yeah. there where nobody's checking on anything. Yep. I mean, I, how would they know? How would they know whether I work there or not? Well, I like, do. I do know one business owner in there. Yeah, who is monitoring it, and they're like, "Hey, our employees are going to park here for events that they're going to. Right. Nobody else is. They better not because they're getting towed." But it looked like I drove by there, and it looked like it was just, "Oh, nobody's going to be parking here. This is awesome. Maybe I'll park here during the year." And they're like, "Oh no, no, nobody's parking here." Yeah. Well, that, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole little system that needs to be worked out there. Yeah. So long story short, we dropped off our wives at the door and we drove to park and we're, plan was to walk back. Saw the little bike rickshaw guy, flagged him down, <laughs> rode it right in. We were in. So were those everywhere? There was a lot of them. There was if you wanted it, there was sufficient bikes to get is around. That, is that are they completely independent? No, they were all the same company. Oh really? Atomic. And I'm sorry. Did you say how much it was? It's ten bucks a person. A person. Mm. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And my, I mean, my question on that because I I talked to somebody else that wanted to do that, and I told them I was like, I don't know how close you're going to be able to get to actually drop somebody oh, off right up front, really, right at the door, right at the door. That that part was awesome. How early did you go? I, we, I was right at the door 15 minutes before Garth went on. Really? Yeah. So I, okay. I, what, can I know oh. I'm I'm trying to get real detailed here. What what side? North side or south side? So main entrance, north side. North side, okay. Yeah. Right under the window. Okay. Okay. So, but I will say this. Right before that, we went to dinner 
at a steakhouse that was relatively close. We were clearly not the only ones who thought of that plan. There was it was a Garth place, right? Like everybody was there getting ready to go to the concert. Okay. Do not if your plan is I'm going to go see a show or the game at Allegiant Stadium and we'll just Uber down there. That's not a thing. No. That that will not happen. <laughs> that will not happen. That's all not I, a thing. All I saw were people out there going, "Oh, they canceled on us. They canceled on us. They can't." There was just there's a line of people waiting out there to go grab their Uber that never showed How up. How far away were you? We were at Town Square. So, a couple oh, miles. Oh, really? Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that plan. Yeah. We, we were at Town Square. So Yeah, right now, I mean, there's just there's not enough drivers. And the price surge thing, forget about it. Yeah, so as soon as the price surges, they cancel that ride and yeah. then book a new one. So this is amazing. And the Raiders couldn't have known all that was going to go down with with rideshare, but you remember how the stadium was touted as, you know, the first stadium that's going to be, you know, really built for rideshare. Well, if there's no rideshare available, then that ain't going to happen for a long time. And, and, and I don't know where the rideshare we're going to drive you and park, but because the line of people of the rideshare to try to get in the stadium wasn't, did not look easy. I thought it was all, it was there was a couple of drop off spots. There was a drop off spot on Valley view and a drop off spot by the Valley view was backed up. Really? All the way. So that's that part actually was not unexpected. I, I I was prepared for being disappointed with the parking situation. What I was really surprised with, and I guess it would be interesting to hear Adam's perspective perspective, because I know you've been in there a bunch of times, is I walked in the main entrance, what I consider the main entrance on, on the north side, right under the glass, and was thoroughly right off the bat unimpressed. Like it's concrete floor. It's completely like unfinished. It looks like an old stadium. The big old obstructive columns right in the way of where you're walking. And then every single concession lined up both sides of the concourse, 20 to 50 people deep, every one of them. And it narrowed up the concourse so close that it was uncomfortable to try to walk through just to get to your section. And so it was like, it felt like the concourses were half the size of T-Mobile. Oh, yeah. And then we happened to have, we were sitting on what would have effectively been like the 40 yard line, 30 yard line. So those are club seats. When you get to walk the concourse to the club section, it's single file to get through that. Yeah. It's awesome in the club section, but getting there is, it just seems like the concourses in ingress and egress were an afterthought. So I, I haven't been in there with people, but I've I've said the same thing since the first time I went in there. And first of all, I think they spent the the inside of the arena looks amazing. Like when you're awesome. in your seat watching a yep. event, when you're watching a game, it's unbelievable. Yep. The the club levels, the suites, like the the owner spot, like all the the you know different upgraded amenity places to me are unbelievable as well. Yeah. But the concourses, every time I've been in there, I'm like, are these done? Like I, I don't, they don't, I don't know what done. this is. It looks, yeah. like, it looks totally like Costco. Great. I think all the focus was on the places where people are not to get in and out of them, which is surprising to me in a new yeah. stadium. Right. But I also feel like part of it, and I thought the same thing about T-Mobile because I, I have problems with T-Mobile in, in some areas too, were T-Mobile and Allegiant Stadium both, they crammed into a smaller lot yeah. than it should have been on. And so you don't have as much space as you should in an arena or a stadium to make it more, you know, accessible and fan friendly and have those things that you're talking about, you know, spread the concourses out so you can have the concession stands around the corner, those sorts of things. Um, crazy. And that's why last year when I went to SoFi and I was like, 
oh my God, this is a stadium. Yeah. This is unbelievable. This is what a new stadium should look like. And people were infuriated at me. You just hate the Raiders. Like, okay, I'm just telling you, there are shortcomings at Allegiant Stadium that, again, you're once you're in the stadium watching an event, you're going to be like, this is incredible. Yeah, I love this place. But there are some things on the side that are going to be an issue to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that came to mind to me is I was like, this seems like an old design. It's because it is. Yeah. It's, they were trying to sell this in Carson, California for what, five, seven years <laughs> right. yeah. before they sold it here for two more years before it got built? It's a 10-year-old design. And that's how it felt. Like, it felt like I was walking through Costco on a super crowded Sunday. That's what it felt like on the co- on the concourse. I agree 100% with you. When I sat in my seats, I was like, this is rad. Yeah. Like, the arena was packed. I mean, there had to have been 80,000 people. I don't know what the official attendance at Garth was, but it had to be close to 80,000. So 65 plus the whole field right. was full of people, too. The sound was off. But, I heard that, but, too. First show. But first show. I went to the first show at T-Mobile with the killer. Sound was off there, yep. too. Very Same. bad. Yep. That's how this was. It had an echo to it, so it was really weird. But when the crowd cheered, it was loud. It does reverberate. I love the translucent ceiling. I told you, like, I thought that that was going to be an eyesore. And you told me it wasn't, and it wasn't. It was cool. Um, And I like how it had natural light when he started. And then it was dark, you know, when he went. That that, All that experience was really, really good. Uh, Enough of everything being black and white. It's a little too much. Like, every (laughs) piece of furniture is jet black. All the floors are white except for the concrete floors in the concourse. It's like it's a little much, but other than that, it's a Raider Stadium. That's how it is. <laughs> it's how you know we paid forty percent. Can we get some color in the stadium? I think it's silver. It's not white. What's silver? It, it's supposed to be silver. I think it, it does look white to me. What's what? It was supposed to be silver. Everything in the club was white. Yeah, I know. Every, I, th- I thought it was supposed to be silver though. Oh, it's all white. I know. It's I all know. marble. It's like yeah, marble. I don't know, but. Overall, yeah, D plus, C minus. So they have a lot of work to do with the parking. But we knew, you we know, knew that. we knew yeah. along the way it's, there's going to be a lot of experimentation and you're going to have to figure it out. And the beginning of the football season will probably be difficult as well. So this is a warning to everyone. You know, when you're going to these big events, they're still working on it. They're it, still it, trying to figure it out. It, Justin pointed out real quick, but we need to, again, remind people it was 117. Yeah. I don't think anybody, of course, you had to know there's going to be hot days when you're building the stadium and have to understand in your plans that it's going to be hot days. That was an excessively hot day. That day was I, – I had landed. I was at a wedding, actually, and I had landed to come back for the fight on Saturday. And I was like, I I do not remember Las Vegas being this hot. This is insanity. It's It was crazy. So to have that be the first major event and people trying to walk through it and like, this is going to be a nightmare. It's not going to be – it's going to be bad. Yeah. It's not going to be that bad. Yeah, on the days when it's 75 degrees right. in October right. for a football game and I got to walk a mile from Mandalay to get over, fine. You know, the Hacienda Bridge looked like uh, it looked like a place I didn't want to be. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like customs. It looked like customs at LAX. Uh, it was just that crazy. Was, that was one of the things we talked about a while ago. That bridge is not that big. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not. And oh. then, and then, a, I, after Raiders games, man, Raiders fans, especially the hardcore Raiders fans, opposing fans, like take your time. I will say this take too: your time getting across. It was hot in the stadium too. Was it? I was. I was. I was, if- I was worried. I was like, man, I don't think they're going to be able to cool that thing. There's too many people, and so I did not. I, you know, I got the cowboy boots. I got the cowboy hat. I got all that stuff. I'm like, 
No, I'm going Jimmy Buffett style. Shorts and a, and a Hawaiian shirt. I was, I was thinking Daisy Dukes and like a cutoff flannel. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would go in with my, with my little cowboy boots. Down. And I'm so glad I did because yeah. everybody was wearing the whole the flannel. Jeans. Yeah, the flannel. Whole, and Long jeans and flannels. And they were burning up. And I was, I was just barely comfortable. Wow. It was, it was warm in there. All right, on the way back, we got to get an update on uh, name, image, likeness. I saw something really interesting from the Florida Panthers where uh, they're actually asking a lot of the local college athletes to apply and saying, hey, you know what? We want to be part of NIL. I I think the Raiders need to step up. I think Golden Knights need to step up. Let's go. UNLV athletes could use a little bit of that money. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. All right, rolling out with Justin Watkins. Lots to get into. Uh, did you see the story, uh, name, image, likeness, where the Florida Panthers are the first U.S. major pro team to offer NIL endorsement deals to college athletes? Uh, asking South Florida athletes to apply to receive funds and merch in exchange for promoting the Panthers on social media. First thing I thought of, hey, especially the Raiders, public money, public university. I was going to say universities do not contribute and make the offer to Reno. <laughs> shouldn't they Shouldn't they be involved with UNLV? That'd be great. Right? Same yeah. thing with the Golden Knights. All that creativity. Aces can what do you the same see, thing. Let's do get it. Money. Yeah. Let's go. Be part of the community. Yeah. Which... Listen, I want this to happen, first and foremost, because you know one of my big hopes for name, image, likeness is that schools in actual cities yep. will benefit from this right. over schools that are, that are in the sticks, because I've said it a billion times. I don't understand why it's been like preordained that podunk cities like Starkville or Norman. You know, Lincoln or Norman, middle of nowhere places... Somehow they're, they they believe like they're destined to be football powers or basketball powers. Clemson, right? Clemson, South Carolina. So how awesome would this be if every if every pro city and their major league franchise is like, here you go, cash for the school in town. Right. Let's do it. And MGM and and all the casinos and all everybody, all the business leaders. Battleborn. I mean, I just <laughs> I just still think it translates for Battleborn, but. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the casino, the casino industry already is pretty heavily, uh, you know, invested in certain companies are, are pretty heavily invested in UNLV. But yeah. this is another way to invest in the programs, right? Yeah, and the and the clubs and the day clubs and the nightclubs and all that stuff. So I don't know how many people saw uh, in you know, there's a gym owner in Miami who is you know a huge Miami Hurricanes fan. And we talked about this last. Yeah, week. and he he just he just said, okay, every single player is getting fifty thousand from me. All you got to do is promote my gym on social media. Like, okay, well, was there? It's Everyone's not getting fifty thousand. Every everyone's five hundred. It's a five hundred forty thousand dollar budget for the year. He's everybody. Every for, player for that 90, posted gets for, fifty thousand for ninety players. Right, it's, ninety it's, players. Right, it's five thousand. Five thousand. It's five thousand dollars over the course of the year if you do your work promoting America's top team on social media. Right, yeah. five. It was five, not fifty. Uh, right. Yes, five, not fifty. It's right. a big difference. But either way, I mean, he's it's putting a, a lot of money and saying every single player is eligible for this. That's on the football team. Yeah. It's crazy. Awesome. Go for it. So now what we're having is is a lot of people go back looking at NIL. And like I saw Terrell Pryor and the Tattoo Five as they're calling him like, hey, we want our records, um, you know, reinstalled. Right. Uh, Reggie Bush, I want my Heisman back. Uh, What about this case 
with Brian Bowen, who was involved with Adidas and this whole now, like, you know, there was Rico involved. Can you go back? It's, and, you it's, know, using the rules now and go, hey, you know what? I, I want this expunged for my record. I want it overturned. I mean, there's nothing to stop him from, you know, Reggie Bush's situation or any of the others. It's nothing to stop them from asking. I mean, and, and the argument is what you were doing all along was illegal. It just didn't get proved up until <laughs> after my time. But everything you were doing was wrong then. And so it's not, you know, your rules that I, you know, quote unquote, broke were illegal in themselves. So I didn't really break any laws. I, I think it's I think it's a worthy discussion to have wow. in Bowen's situation. Uh, it's a little different because he's still technically got a case going, right? He, the case that he brought against Adidas and, and Louisville was um, was dismissed recently by a federal judge. And now his attorneys have gone back and said, judge, number one, you, you got it wrong in the first instance. But not only did you get it wrong, but there's there's that's not a basis to ask for a second opinion is just I think you got it wrong. It's that there's new evidence or law has come to light to show why you're wrong. And now they're using the most recent Supreme Court decision to say, hey, and there's new law out there to support our position that these are property rights of the the the, the case got kicked out because the judge said that having a, an expectation of being drafted and having a pro contract was not a property right that the student lost student athlete lost by the RICO violations. So in order for there to be a RICO violation, there must be a loss of property. And what the judge said is like, I feel for him. I believe everything that they're saying, but it's not a property right. It's only an expectation. And what his attorneys are coming back and saying is the Supreme Court just said, these are property rights. These are the rights of the players. And so you need to reevaluate your decision. I think ultimately they're, they're still going to lose. RICO is just a very narrow, specialized area of law. It's not the same analysis as antitrust, and it's not, it has nothing to do with name, image, likeness. It's, it's not the same. We've got another uh, battlefield that's being drawn up, and you can see it coming with college football and the vaccinations. So Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, said, hey, we suggest that all Big 12 football players get vaccinated because uh, you know, I don't want to go back to protocols, but we may – we may have to. Schools can't force athletes to get vaccinated, right? False. Yes, they can. Oh, they can? Yes. Why can't they? I mean, under 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 what law would they? I mean, if the universe, the I believe the university can force every student to get vaccinated. How? Why not? Well, under, we have forced vaccination in elementary yeah, schools, right? There's forced vaccination here in Nevada. There's, I mean, that's a, it is recognized by the Supreme Court of the United States. That requiring vaccination for access to public education is viable, is okay, is constitutional. So I don't, I mean, I understand that there's people now who are becoming ever more agitated with the idea of vaccinations, in my opinion, based on political and social media misinformation, but whatever, that's not my, that's not my expertise, but my expertise on this is, this is long settled law. The the government can require you to be vaccinated in order to have access to things you have a right to have, which is education. You have a fundamental right to education in the United States, but they can require vaccinations. So, I mean, that that would apply to college programs and, and things like that. What What is the, the ruling on businesses? Is that different? 
than what a college would be. Oh, I think it's even more relaxed for businesses. Businesses could do whatever they want because <laughs> we're, we're not a government actor, right? I can require every single person in my office to get vaccinated and if they not terminate them. Absolutely. No, no questions asked. I'm not even on. There's no gray area there. Right. Now, if there, you know, was a monopoly of some sort, or if I was attempting to use vaccinations as a pretext to target a protected class, race, ethnicity, religion, sexual orientation, those things, then maybe you would get yourself in trouble. But the challenge that's made against vaccinations on religious grounds has already worked its way through the court system. It's well established. Unless you created that rule to target that one person and used vaccinations as a pretext, you're good. You can require it. The NFL would be different because there's a CBA? Correct. Okay. Yep. And it would have to be in there or negotiated into it in order to force something to happen. But their ability to impose different rules on different people is okay. Different rules on what different people? Well, unvaccinated people have different rules than vaccinated oh, people. Oh, yeah. Do. That's safety, fine. right? Yeah. yeah. Sure. I, I believe that I believe that that's reasonable. Yeah. Justin Watkins, Battlemore Injury Lawyers. Uh, last couple minutes here. Uh, just so you know, the numbers around the Big 12, just in, in those states, those Big 12 states, 18 to 64 fully vaxxed. Uh, Iowa is the leader with 53% fully vaxxed. Um, Texas is 50%. Kansas, 47. Oklahoma, 43. West Virginia, 37. So you got some situations there. Uh, related story, in Tennessee, you were just talking about maybe there's political motivation behind certain things with the vaccine. Uh, headline, Tennessee abandons vaccine outreach to minors, not just for COVID-19. Uh, that could also, that, that, whatever. We, you, I'll send out the story. You can read the whole thing. But yeah, according to the story, the Tennessee Department of Health will halt all uh, adolescent vaccine outreach, not just for coronavirus, but all diseases uh, amid pressure from state lawmakers. Um, interesting situation. Yeah, I mean, they, let, um, let's I'm, let's so, I'm to... sorry. It, it says here postcards will still be sent to adults, but teens will be excluded from the mailing list. So the postcards are not, quote, potentially interpreted as solicitation to minors yeah it's just this is silly i mean uh, they're not stopping vaccinations they're not changing any laws that currently exist in tennessee which i have no idea if they do have laws about vaccination and going to school i presume that they do i believe every state does but okay they're not changing any laws the only difference is is they're not actually spent they, they took a budget line item out which right. is you know, we're going to market vaccinations towards kids directly rather than adults. And they took that out. Now, are they, you know, are the people who are behind it going to use it as, as, you know, a club to say that they're protecting the rights of anti-vaxxers and all that? Maybe that's their motivation. I don't know. But the reality of what the real impact is, is minimal. I mean, the, the polio spike in seven years in Tennessee is going to be outrageous. It's not going to change. It's not, I don't believe it's going to change any numbers of the number of people who get vaccinated. If they think a 16-year-old is looking at postcards in the first place, <laughs> That's true. they're kind of missing out. Maybe they're can't out. do social media either, though. Yeah, no, you can't do any. Can't do social media that's directed at uh, at anyone under 18. They can't spend on it. So I mean that they it's a budgetary restriction basically. So the, they can the, still the send funding, it out. Yeah, they could, if they found other ways to get there, that right. was that was. Didn't cost anything additional. But they they can do it. Pay a social media manager to do it because right. that's an that's an expense. Right. Or, but if they pay, if they get to pay the social media manager to do it for adults, and it is no extra cost to do it to kids, they could, in theory, do it. But I don't understand the solicitation of minors thing. I don't. 
I don't I don't even understand where that who's last, the guy who came up with that. Last one with Justin Watkins. What's the uh, Roy Moore, Sasha oh. Baron Cohen <laughs> court decision? Uh Roy Moore sued Sasha Baron Cohen for the Who's America uh part that he was in 95 million dollars he was asking for case was dismissed and it seemed like the judge kind of laughed at the suit when he uh, when he was dismissing it but there was two parts of this uh the first part that i found interesting uh was that there is a signed waiver we all we've heard this time and time again that sasha baron cohen uses kind of he gets them to sign waivers they don't know what it's for necessarily but they're being on a tv show so they sign it and then it's a different kind of thing it what what is the I guess, process for signing something away that you don't know that you're signing it, but it does still apply to you. You did still sign away your, your rights to be on the show. Well, the only reason you don't know what it is is because you didn't read it, right? That's, that's the defense. Well, it, it is, it, it is it misleading. Reads, it, it, it reads correctly, but right. it's still misleading. No, no, no. The document itself is not misleading. His approach to it is like, Hey, I'm doing a TV show. I need you to sign a waiver so I can, you know, use your name, image and likeness on the show. But it's not like you're <laughs> You're not specifically citing to be on like a Sasha Baron Cohen show where he's going to mock on you. Right. I don't know that he needs that kind of. I, right. And I, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like how how you know explicit do you have to be in your description of a waiver when somebody signs it to apply? I don't think you have to describe anything about a waiver that's not that's that's not laid out in the document itself. Unless you have reason to believe that that person cannot understand that document and cannot process that document, okay. right? So if you knew their primary language is a different language, if you knew that they were illiterate, if you um, uh, maybe if you knew that they had uh, uh, like a learning disability or something that prevented them from being able to comprehend the words on that paper, then you may have an obligation to explain some of those things because a contract is about meeting of the minds, right? If you're incapable to meet me there, and I know that, I can't take advantage of that. But if you're capable of getting there and you choose not to get there, that's not my problem. And then the other part of that real quick as we, uh, we get Justin out of here is that the judge also said anybody that watched that knew that it was a joke. They knew it's parody. There's no way you can believe that it's really true. So then your you know, defamation or whatever other part you're arguing doesn't make sense. That's very subjective. Right. But like you just know it when you see it. Is that kind of like the the old pornography ruling? That totally right. Yeah, it's it's absolutely a subjective ruling. It it goes to well, it's a subjective ruling that if it's close, the jury gets to decide whether or not it was clear that it was parody or not. In cases that it's not close, can absolutely be dismissed. All right, Justin. Thank you. Thanks, guys. There he is, Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Lawyers five seven zero nine zero zero is the number. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today.